Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Conversation with Here on Keyboard Kamara, presented by One Bone. I'm E. Spencer Kite, joined by one of my favorite people in this space, somebody that I am fortunate to call a friend, that I've been fortunate to know for a great number of years. And as it turns out, 13 years ago today, I prepared, I believe, to interview him for the first time ahead of a WEC title fight against Dominic Cruz. He is Joseph Benavides. Thank you for doing this, brother. How are you? Uh, 13 years later. Very good. Very good. I I really appreciate you doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me on. You were were on the, when I first started coming up with this concept, you were on the automatic list of yourself and your lovely wife, who has been on the program, Megan Olivi, were top of the list of like, okay, who can I reach out to that I want to have cool conversations, not necessarily about the sport itself, but just yeah. them and yeah. life and interests. I'm here for it. I and, love it. And this. you and Megs were were absolutely at the top of the list. So I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, man. I love the concept and uh, you know, pleasure to be on, of course. We always will start though. We will start though where we always do, and that is when did you fall in love with combat sports? Um you know, I always uh liked it. Like honestly, I can trace like where I felt like it was my calling back to, well, look, so I grew up with a ton of cousins, two brothers, and I would always, you know, be the one, like we would always wrestle, wrestle on the trampoline, Royal rumble on the bed, throw each other off the trampoline, fight in the sandbox, all that kind of stuff. Um, But funny enough, I can trace it back to like martial, like combat, like Van Damme watching Van Damme movies. And then um, funny story, my aunt lied to me and told me that Van Damme was my uncle. Okay. And I like <laughs> felt this like this like hereditary like right. urge, like honor our martial arts like you know bloodline and um, and like I just started going to school and like doing the splits and act and telling everyone like I knew karate and Van Damme was my uncle and I didn't know how to do karate. But I would go and I just told everyone, like, Van Damme's my uncle. And then, like, I'd do splits on the chairs. And then it, like, this is, like, second <laughs> grade. And the rumors, everyone's like, guys, Van Damme's his uncle. Like, don't mess with him. Like, it's crazy. Nice. But it's, like, so funny enough, <laughs> that's kind of, like, a root of everything. Of, like, oh, like, I thought I was cool. But then when Van Damme was my <laughs> uncle, like, I knew I had to right. be, you know. <laughs> So how did we progress from Van Damme is my uncle to wrestling in high school? Yeah. Wrestling a little bit in college for a very brief period of time to pursuing this craft. What was the, the through line of it all? Yeah. Was it just that competition piece? Yeah. Well, by the time I found out, uh, he wasn't my uncle. It was too late. You know, I'd already, you know, committed my life to this. No, just kidding. Um, I found out obviously pretty early. Um, Let's see. I mean, honestly, wrestling obviously was a big thing. I mean, that's a combat sports background. You know, that is my background as far as, you know, I'm not high level. You know, I was a state champ of New Mexico, which isn't like the best state, but we have great fighters come out of New Mexico. You know what I mean? Listen, man, state champ is still state champ. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole lot of dudes, a whole lot of dudes in New Mexico when you were coming up that would have loved to have been state champ. Exactly. So, um, but it's crazy because, like, I think at one point from one state tournament, like in a small high school gym in Albuquerque, 
there was like four future UFC fighters, which is crazy. And it was like me, John Dotson, Damasio Page, and Diego Sanchez. We were all at one state tournament in a gym, just, you know, on a podium, you know, wrestling. <laughs> is, but like four, you know, cut to, you know, years later, all four of those guys in the UFC in, you know, New Mexico State Championship. So I think it breeds like good fighters. Obviously, we have, you know, Greg Jackson's Academy and it's like a sought after place for it. Um, but yeah, the wrestling is when I really just started falling in love with that. That was my first also like, um, you know, individual sport. Because like any other kid that likes sports, I thought I was going to be like a professional football player and all this. And then I was actually really good at football when everyone was the same size. Right. <laughs> but then everyone got bigger and like story my- such an advantage yeah. Uh, yeah. in football. So I took up wrestling um, in eighth grade. And just fell in love with it immediately. Like all the things you hear, like the discipline of it, which was great and something, you know, like all kids like really need. Um, Just the fact that like I wasn't relying on a team. It was just me. It was all up to me. And I think that's, you know, what I think drive a lot of um, fighters as well. And it's such a good value to have, you know, to not have to rely on on anybody else and be fully, um, you know, accountable for you, your actions and and everything. So fell in love with that. And then, so got through high school, you know, um, you know, pretty much my wrestling career was done. You can't really do much else. And I was just working in uh, like a regular job as a screen printer actually in New Mexico. And I can also account a lot of my journey to um, becoming sober because if I wouldn't have done that, I don't think I ever would have, you know, had the focus and discipline to like do anything else. Like my life was really just going like this way, like down the drain. And then it's like, I didn't get sober to fight, but when I got sober, I realized, Oh, there's more I can do than what I was doing. And you know, it took me months, but I slowly fell into like, well, what are my passions? What are my, you know, desires? What am I interested in? And, you know, I miss wrestling. I miss the competition. I miss feeling like the value and what you get from those. Um, from, you know, those events and the success and everything. And gratefully, right around the time MMA was kind of blowing up, you know, the ultimate fighter just happened, which I think really ignited a, a sense of like, this is a job. Like they're on TV. They won a six figure contract, right? They want a car. Like this is a job. Like you can be rich doing this, but you know, so it kind of ignited that stuff started to blow up. And I was like, you know, saw people fighting around my hometown that I knew I was like, I can beat these guys up. And they're like on posters, like getting paid, and, <laughs> you know, getting right. all the ladies and all the, all the glory. And I'm like, I'm just here. Like I was a state champion. I could just body slam right. these dudes. And anyway, yeah. So I started doing that. And, um, basically, like I said, like when the sport started blowing up, it was perfect timing for me having just kind of like tried to reinvigorate my life, my life and, and, and change around my old habits and stuff um, with drinking and drug use where I had a clear mind to be like, this is a path I could actually follow. And I laid out the whole plan of like doing it, you know, how much I need to do what I need to do after a few fights, you know, move here. And, you know, I was going to actually just move to Albuquerque was my plan. But, you know, I've told the story many times how the happenstance of me being in Sacramento ended me getting there. So, you know, everyone's known that story, but yeah, that was the, that was the beginning of it that I feel like I don't get to tell enough. Yeah, not to get 
too deep into it and and pry too much and obviously you've been open with it in in elements in the past the drug use the the sobriety getting there prior to was pretty bad right like it was an everyday thing yeah. for you it was a this is this is kind of life i go and i do my job and when i'm not doing job i'm doing this stuff oh even when i was doing the job right. <laughs> you know yeah. i was no i, I understand was, i was drinking and doing drugs at work um quite a bit um so that was just what we did so yeah i mean it was bad and it started at a young age you know so it's funny right. like i was i got sober by the age of 20 yeah and it's like how did you get sober before you <laughs> even I was like, because I started drinking, you know, when I was like 12, I started doing, you know, um, you know, well, everyone, like, why well, I wouldn't say everyone, but, you know, I did weed, which, you know, people don't call it. But like, basically, I'd like did cocaine when I was like 14. And I was just like, okay. And it was just like something that ran in my family. So it was, it was not going down the right path. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was, it was a bad thing. And I was just, I just look back and I'm honestly like, you know, everyone has a different path. I'm grateful for that path. I wouldn't change it for anything. And it's just like, I'm just grateful that, you know, I, I, I could handle it, you know, that I could handle, I could come out on the other side, you know, because a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's addiction is a real yeah. thing. It's just like, you actually can't. And I feel like that so much about, you know, like all, everything in life, like, you know, just keeping that gratitude of, I can, train like some people can't even do that i can do this i can you know what i mean and it's just keeping that gratitude that keeps you you know i'm motivated in a sense as well so so yeah like yeah like i said i just feel lucky i was able to kind of get over that hump um when i was young but still have that experiences and all the kind of um all the i guess not the best word but like character that it built through the process of getting through right. it so yeah no it's a good word it's it's a fitting word it's the right word there because it is a it is a thing that can guide and can be a guiding principle and a mm -hmm. character builder for people as you said everybody has their own journey everybody has their own path some people can't get out of it and for you to be able to get out of it at a time when a lot of people are that's that's where they're getting into it that's where i started getting yeah going down those paths was at 18 thankfully i got out of most of them i still have the occasional beverage around the house yeah but like fortunately got out of them before too long mm -hmm. and now I get to be here and, and fortunately you did as well. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the story that a lot of people know loading up. It was it a crown Vic. Do I remember this correct? Uh, yeah. Lincoln continental. There we go. A Lincoln continental. Yeah. I knew it was some old boat. I knew it was yeah. some old boat that got loaded up out to sack to train at team alpha male for a number of years with that crew. What was it like being a, aspiring fighter in a room like that with Faber. And like, it feels weird now seeing Faber smiling on the pay-per-views and waving and knowing yeah. that he's like 40 something, but he's still got the cherubic face. Yeah. And I think people don't necessarily remember or understand that Faber was a, was a great big deal when you went out to Sacramento, he was a world champion. He was the face of that promotion Yep. What was it like rolling into that room and meeting, you know, him, Chad Mendez, Danny Castillo, all the boys that were in that room that was such an amazing team and, and still has an incredible legacy to this day. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and you know, what's funny is like, 
going back before that, it was obviously really cool meeting Faber. All that happened such just serendipitously as well. The way it happened, it was like perfect. Um, but, you know, what's funny is when I went in, no one was there but Faber. Like, this wasn't a thing. Like, I was the first person there that, like, well, Faber had his other guy. Um, his name's Dustin Akbari. Maybe you've heard yep, him. I remember that. Dustin so Akbari. Those were the only two people there when Faber was starting this gym. And I went in. You know, they were getting it ready. Like, it wasn't what the gym was. But Faber started telling me, like, hey, this is, like, you know, I'm building this team. It's going to be small guy. I'm getting all the wrestlers from California that I have good relationships with, you know, this is going to be like a real home for pros. We're going to have people come down and like, this is going to be a big team. And that's what sold me. But I was the first person sold on it, you know? So not like no correct, but like, it's funny because those people, Chad, Danny, TJ, Lance Palmer, all those guys, they went in and remembered like, Oh, like he's already fought in Japan. He's already, right. you know, done this. He's been in the WEC so it was it was it was kind of crazy, but funny enough, on the flip side, it's just it was crazy seeing these people come in because I actually knew Chad Mendez from because I follow NCAA wrestling, like you know if you're you know in combat sports, um, and just seeing Danny come in and kind of how he developed and like what that relationship was. Being Andre Feely, you know, <laughs> come in with an ankle brace, you know what I mean? Um, Lance Palmer, who ends up being like the best man in my wedding years later um chad mendez who i end up being in his wedding you know what i mean i mean yeah that's the cool part is like all these guys just like come in the door like you know and they just become family like there that was what i think was the great part about it it was just like you know it was the first one i felt like we were building something there i was one of the first ones to go and remember grinding working the front desk handing out flyers <laughs> and everything right it's doing all the jobs all the and way along so that you get to like like what's up with this daddy guy like he's just he seems like an asshole he's wearing he has his bandana on he's like too cool for everyone and then you know you just meet him and then like soften him up and you're just like god like that's my brother like forever you know what i mean right. so it was really cool just seeing all that um come into play and how how it built and everyone and how everyone is still you know very yeah, was, much like that today connected in a way you know i was gonna say you mentioned the family aspect and i know from my covering the sport you guys even at that very early stage and and throughout always felt to me yes you were a team yes you all trained under the same umbrella under the same banner but you were the first group to me and one of the only groups to me that really felt like okay these dudes all a hundred percent ride together all the time like everybody's at everybody's fight it's a big pack of people all the time. And then, as you mentioned, getting to know you, getting to know some of the other guys a little bit, you were always together, like outside of, and it was legitimately like, as you said, Lance Palmer is best man in your wedding. You're in Chad's what, like, what's that yeah. like finding that? Shoot. I don't know. I mean, it's, um, it's not, it's, I mean, it's obviously it's not to, the thing you're it's not the thing you're seeking out initially, yes. right? Like you don't go into it like, hey, I'm going to meet some of my best friends in the world. Yeah. And now some of your best friends in the world were these dudes that came in the door after you and were yeah. like, yeah, it's um, it's funny. It's just it's um, like you said, you don't seek it out and you don't really expect it. But at the same point, it was like it couldn't have been any other way. Like 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course these people become my best friends. We go through such ups and downs together with each other. You know, you're celebrating my wins, you know, hurting in my losses and we're doing the same for each other. You know, we're very close and in. It was just that time of growth that it's, it's funny you say that, like, what is it like? But it's like, I wouldn't have known any other way to like not, you know what I mean? Be right. Like that. And obviously you connect and you stay closer and everyone grows up, which is crazy is like, you know, we used to just be these kids going to dinner. And then, oh, now they have, you know, kids, kids and, and lives. And, and yeah. Like so, yeah, but it was, um, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's funny because to me, it's almost like, even though I didn't see that happening, like I didn't know I was going to move to California and, you know, do this and do that. Like I had expectations, but now looking back, it was like, it's like, I couldn't see it any other way. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to imagine um, r really a different way of it happening. So, yeah. So a 15 year professional fighting career ended a little over two years ago, pulled the plug a little over two years ago. Yeah. What are the, not necessarily highlights, but when you look back and reflect on your career, you've used the word gratitude here already today yeah. and i know from knowing you that that is a thing that you hold very dear and and hold on to what are the pieces of of that career and of that that time in your life that era of your life that you are most grateful for Whew. i mean yeah i mean it, like honestly if we're talking like what i'm most grateful for out of it i mean look it obviously gave me you know, a life like that I dreamed of, you know, being able just to be a professional athlete and make money doing what I love, you know, meeting a beautiful wife, having a, you know, a house, a car, like all that kind of things, you know, that you do like so grateful for that. Um, but really from the top, you know, from my wife to my friends, to my family, to, you know, media, to employees with the UFC, the thing I am most grateful for is the people and the relationships I built because like we need that, you know, we need that love, that camaraderie, those people that support. And it's like my whole support system. I mean, obviously I have my family and my friends before, but like for the last 20 years and those, all those hard parts <laughs> of my life. And even now when I have to reach, like, like it's all through that it's all in some branch of MMA, you know, whether it's a coach or just an employee of the UFC or a media member or anything, you know, giving me an outlet, like that's another huge thing. Like, you know, we're super grateful for just having the outlet that the media gives you. So, I mean, I guess to dumb it down, like it's, it's, it's the people that I'm more grateful for that I met along the journey, you know, because like, what would have it just been if I was just doing it alone? I'd be really happy in like a house by myself, right? Like, you know, with no one to hang out and talk to and, and do interviews with. Right. Um, so yeah, it's like all the people you met along the way, but just the experiences in general. But once again, the experiences are amazing, but it's like the experience with those people. Like I wasn't experienced it myself, like, you know, traveling yeah. around, you know, nothing is, around. nothing is solo. Yes. Yes. It's like all the experience, the traveling, um, the ups and downs, you know, you're grateful for both of them. You know, I mean, at the time you just think, you know, this is the worst time of my life when you're down. But when you look back, it's like you can be grateful for that time because like once again, you remember like who was there when it did it. And like you're grateful you had that down and you could see like, oh, man, remember 
you know, how they were, how they helped you, how they support you. And it just, you know, grows your love and gratitude that much more for the, the people that were around, that are around. So I remember you, I don't think I've ever actually said it to you this way or even conveyed it. Speaking with you after UFC 152 was one of the most impactful things for me because I know going into that fight, it was your world. It was everything. It was life or death. Yeah. Fighting for the inaugural flyweight title. Everything hinges on this. I've got the picture of the belt up there. It's yeah. the only thing that's missing. And you came out of it. And one of the times that we talked soon after, you were like, I got up and everybody still loved me. Yeah. I got it. You know what I mean? Like I went through the next set of days and all the people that were around me beforehand were still around me, even though I lost, even though I didn't succeed. And it changed your mindset. And hearing that from you who fell short by, I mean, I can't even make the, you know, split decision razor thin Yeah, on the biggest stage in front of everybody say, okay, it was, it was all right. The next day, I'm still going forward. I went, okay, all the little stuff in my life that feels like life or death. It's not life or death. These yeah. folks that are here are still going to be here. So yeah. one, thank you for that. Two. That's amazing. Yeah. How important was that for the rest of the career? Cause there weren't a lot of defeats. There weren't a lot of losses. Yeah. Got a pretty shiny record overall. Yeah. But it, it feels was... like it really transformed something for you going forward in your career. Yeah. I mean, it's like facing that fear. That big monster was like losing, you know what I mean? And I had lost, you know, before. And uh, I think maybe only one time before that or or to cruise or one person yeah but, one, one person yeah, for a long yeah. time so, for a long time it was just yeah, stay away just from dominic cruz and demetrius johnson yeah, and you're good yeah, exactly so um yeah i mean it was one of those things that like you know you see so many young fighters now that oh, i'm just gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna be undefeated i'm gonna be a double champion and it's just like <laughs> you guys will figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, all right. Like you guys will realize like, you know, things happen, but it was one of those things of just, you know, when you have this crazy anxiety about like doing something, this big fear, and then you do it and you're like, I was worried about that. Like <laughs> right. to me, sometimes it's an email or like something dumb. Like, Oh, I just, I don't want to do, oh, this is like too much. And then like, you just do it and you're just like, like I was stressed. Why, about was that? I, why was I stressed about that? And it's like the loss, everything hurt, but it was just kind of like, I was like, is the world going to crumble? Is everyone going to leave me? And I was just like, all of a sudden I was like, wait, you guys, you guys saw that and you're still here. Like everything's everything's okay. Like, I mean, like Dustin Poirier said it perfectly this week. He's like, that guy, obviously, honestly, I'll just take the chance to say he's the best. He's like everything a fighter should be, everything a person should be the way he deals with his ups and downs gracefully, but also just the way he he deals with the whole business and just true Agreed. to himself while like, like he's everything a fighter should be. Love that guy. But I love what he said about just like, we're not at a funeral or anything. Right. Like, I, already, yeah. I already won in life. Right. You know, I'm winning now. This is just a speck on my life. You know what I mean? So that is the best way to describe it. Like the way he said that is like the exact feeling I was feeling then that, you know, I just didn't have the, wasn't as eloquent to say or whatever, <laughs> but that's, that's just literally the feeling is just like, okay, like, like 
that happened, like, <laughs> you know, right. I'm grateful for everything else because it's one thing, you know, and, yeah. and once again, it goes back to like that helps so much more when you're not alone and you have, you know, like a lot of that is because he has his people, he has his family, he has, you know, his kids, his wife, you know, his team around him that he knows, you know what I mean? It's, um, you know, it's a lonely sport. So you need those, those people when you're going through those ups and downs. So for sure. Yeah. How did you decide to walk away? How did you know for yourself that it was time to be done? It was time to move on to the next chapter of things. Um, honestly, it was probably after um, my second loss to Figueredo where like I kind of just knew like that wasn't, I wasn't going to get that opportunity again. And that was the only, like, at a certain point, you know, like, you know, people say, you don't have nothing to prove. Well, I had to, all I really had to prove or all I really wanted to accomplish was getting the world title that had like, you know, evaded me. So that was really like, that was the only thing I was still staying uh, really around for, you know, well, I shouldn't say that because it meant a lot to me to kind of keep the division running and in the forefront of, of everything as well because that was very important to me like seeing people you know not only that i like just people like me like small weird dudes that can <laughs> scrap make a living as a professional athlete you know like i wake up in a house with a beautiful wife you know in a nice house get in the car and it's like you know there's a ton of other you know 125 pound i'm just gonna say like mexican guys weird guys that like oh i can fight but like they deserve like that life and to make that them a career as well and so that like meant a lot to me too is like keeping that going just like no we're not i'm not yeah we're 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 not (laughs) kind of thing so it was just like that was important but like the title for me so after that second loss it was kind of like i don't think i have like another like five fight running me right and then when i looked at you know kind of the people that i would even have to fight to go on that run it wasn't motivating and exciting to me anymore like like most of the guys you know including the champion now like they were on my team in the ultimate fighter i never wanted to fight any of those guys you know and then the other guys that aren't are you know taking pictures with me you know, at fights and telling me they used to watch me in high school with their dad. Right. And I'm just right. Like, so it's hard to go out guy there guy. And, and punch it's that like, guy in the head. So like, like all the other guys that are like killers, like Roy Val, Molina. I'm like, I don't really want to fight these guys. And they're like, bro, I used to watch you like after I came <laughs> home from like middle school wrestling practice. And uh, yeah, my dad, like you guys, are, I'm just like, oh shit. Okay. And we take a picture and I'd be like, I don't want to like not only fight, I just don't want, I like, like, it doesn't excite me to fight someone that like used to watch me in high school, because in a way I'm like doing it. So these, so that they can have that opportunity can go have that career and that life that I am so grateful for. So it just got to the point where like, I didn't like to once again, to dumb it down is like, I felt like I didn't have any other reasons. And at the end of the day, you know, you go to your wise why am I doing it? Why am I doing this? And like, my why was like, I don't know, a paycheck. 
Like that's not a reason to fight. Like that's how people get hurt. That's how people stay around too long. And I always knew through my career that, you know, I had seen people, you know, that, you know, you, um, you idolize or whatever, like go too far. Why did they go too far? Cause they needed the money. You know, they didn't know any other way and that's a tough time. So I made sure I did, you know, right with my investments, um, all through where I was going to be comfortable to walk away whenever I wanted, you know, it would have been great to walk away. Hey, like I'm the champion. I can like walk away now, but just being able to walk away knowing like, Oh, I'm going to be okay. You know, I have, you know, all this, all that, that, you know, I made all the right decisions and I don't have to stick around and become this and put myself in danger, put, you know, um, all that kind of, kind of stuff. So I always knew I wanted to do that. So like I said, I was just smart with my money from there and I knew I want, I'm going to walk away when I want to. And it was just the time I just came to the point where I didn't have anything else. So after my second um, loss, when I realized I'm not going to have a title anymore, I had one more fight because I was just kind of like, well, I don't also want it to end like that. Right. Where I don't even like hardly remember the fight, you know? Um, so I went in one more, but, and I, I mean, I, I would honestly say I felt great like all through it. And I was really taking the, like, this is my last practice. Like I put everything into it, but when you're not into it, you're just not into it. And I just like, even the whole time in the fight, I just kind of like, man, like realize I don't really yeah. want to do this anymore. <laughs> We're out, we're out here and I'll throw some punches and you'll yeah. try to get out of the way of you. But yeah, this just isn't it wasn't, the same it wasn't, as it wasn't like what I used to feel in there. Right. And then that's when I really knew. So, you know, it took me a time, some time to announce it because I was just kind of like, you know, there was no rush. I didn't want it to be a big thing. You know, I don't like all the like attention and praise and questions and all that kind of stuff. And also, I just want to make sure like I want to make sure like I don't want to like go into the gym. I don't want to do anything. And, you know, it's a hard thing trying to find another path. And, you know, it's a it's a traumatic like breakup almost. You know, you do something for 20 years and it's what you're good at. It's what you're best at. It's what you're made to do. And all of a sudden, like, that's not what you do anymore. You know, it was a, it was a hard time. But, you know, I wanted to make sure like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went six months and I hadn't stepped into a gym. And I was like, well, I can definitely call it a day. And funny enough, I was just tired of like filling out USADA things because <laughs> like I was like going to Italy and I was right. on the plane. I'm like, I'm going to announce my retirement right now. So I don't have to do this, you know? So I was just like, but now's the time. And I even tried to get with the matchmakers. I was like, Hey, like, can I just like n- retire and like no one know, or do I have to like make it a thing? And they're like, well, they'll see that you're removed from this and that'll happen. I was like, damn it. So I tried to do right. it the next day, you know, there was news and all that, but Funny enough, once again, all the things I like didn't look forward to and that I like feared and like didn't want to happen was the most rewarding things. Like actually all the praise, like I don't know why I hate praise. I'm just like, dude, leave me alone. Like it's fine. But every, all that stuff and all the fans and peers and media coming out and actually like saying, you know, things about me and my career, like that was the best rewarding part. And I was like, why did I not want to do this? This is great. Like, this is so, <laughs> this is so great, you know? And it was, it was just, it was a, it was a really good moment uh, as well. But once again, it was like all the things I like was trying to stay away from ended up being the best part of retiring. 
Well, well, I will keep my praise part here. No, no, no. Re- real short. You are no, one of the best no. to ever do it, my friend. Yeah. Top five in two divisions for 15 years. Yeah. Absolute legend. Yeah. Hopefully we see you in the Hall of Fame somewhere soon. Thanks, Because you deserve it. You've earned it. Yeah. Let's pivot from MMA now. Because yeah. yeah. there's so much more. To you hear me, I, always, I said... I like that. I didn't think I would, but I did. So yeah, okay. So you threw a, I'm not fucking leaving out there, yeah, which ties to your love of movies, which is yeah. something you and I have talked about. You've talked about with other members of the media yeah. regularly. You occasionally on Instagram, you're not as, as active on Instagram anymore. These days, oh, you used to give us your like monthly rundown of everything no. I watched and ratings. So that what was- is the best thing you've watched lately? Man, like, I know I miss that too. And I get people that come like, dude, I used to have the Dapper Scrappers. We were going to get there. Which was amazing. I had the movie thing. I obviously have a ton of like interest outside the cage. Um, But so funny enough, I'll say this about the movie part. Because I had the other little film account called Ultimate Film Club that I was just messing around. Because I was doing it so much on my own personal Instagram. And it was great. People loved it. Just this is what I watched this month maybe 11 movies, maybe 15 movies, depending where I'm at and camp and everything happening and talk about them. And it was so fun. And I just love the interaction with all the people and fans and everyone else that like movies. Um, But you know what is like, I think after I retired, I needed this, like, I needed like a, uh, like I just craved like lightness, light, like lightness. You know what I mean? I used to watch movies because, I don't know, like someone was going through something. I needed this like life-changing, like character study, change my life, like make me cry, inspire me, like up, down. Like those are the kind of movies I watched. And I just like, when I retired, I was just like, I just want to like sit there with my dog and like listen to like pop music and like watch reality TV and like, just like, you know what I mean? I just craved this like lightness, like, oh my God, my life was so hard. Not hard. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, like, yeah. I know what, what I did mean, was though. so like, hard. Right. It took a lot. It's it's yes. emotional. It so it's invested. Dramatic. Yes, and emotional for these last fifteen years. Like, I don't need that. So every time I was like, <laughs> oh, now that I'm retired, I can go watch all these old classic movies I haven't gotten to. I have my list of the movies I need to watch, and then like I just got there and I was like, I don't need that right now. Like I don't right. want like. I don't want something so heavy right now. So I'd be like, there's a new season of love is blind. I'm going to watch that. And those exact conversations happen in the kite household. Just it's the other way now, right now of like, I don't, it's, it's the same. I don't have space for the like emotional, but it's like, I'm already feeling emotional. So we don't need to watch the new season of queer eye. Cause I cry at every goddamn episode. That's a great show. Transformative doing stuff for good people. And I just like sit there on one side of the couch, like, don't look at me. Let's turn this off and watch, put on an episode of new girl. Yeah. Like, I love, yeah. Dude, yeah. Queer eye was the best. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like, so funny enough, I'll answer your question, but I also will add on to it. So when I say that the lightness, everything is like, I just was like not craving like all the movies. So I rewatched some movies that I always love when I just want to. And then what I actually watch every day, literally every day probably put it on kind of like people like put on the office um is i think you should leave on netflix that's like what i watch every day like that's my that's my 
that's a show I've been obsessed with for a long time. There's three seasons, so it's been going for a while. Um, but it's one of those things that just gets better if you watch it. Just changed my whole brain, honestly, my personality. This hat is a reference to the show, um, everything. It's 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 really, like I said, ruined my brain and ruined a lot of social situations that I've been in <laughs> as well. But like that's something I just watch every day because it's like it's just my comfort. Like I just watch it. I know it. It's my whole personality, my brain. As far as movies go, the last thing I watched was uh, Barbie in the theater. Um, haven't got to Oppenheimer yet. And it was a little the same thing. I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch both same week. Barbenheimer it up a cultural phenomenon and when i i was done with barbie which actually had a little i mean it had meaning and a little bit of right. heaviness to it but then i was like am i ready to sit there for like a three hour like <laughs> right hurt you type of movie or like the things i heard so i haven't gone to see oppenheimer which i still want to but yeah i saw barbie i loved it i thought ryan god like i thought i couldn't love ryan gosling more than i did but like I love him more somehow. Like I thought Fair he enough. was the greatest ever in it. He was so funny. Like he's always been funny and like quirky yep. characters, but like, I feel like his comedy, like timing got to shine through with like the script they gave him and the character, like he was born for that part. And like when he wins like an Oscar for Ken or if he <laughs> does, when he does, he should like, I just feel like it'll like, like world peace will happen. Like, it's just the right thing. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, yeah, but that was a, that was a great movie. I loved it. Um, we went to that and that was really the last movie I've watched. Um, like, I think I got home like the two nights after I watched like 20th century woman, um, just cause that was a good one. And Greta Gerwig was in it. And I remembered it was on, I was just kind of bored. I watched La La Land again, but Barbie, if we're staying on like topic, okay. is the one. Barbie and I think, I, but I think you should leave is what I watch every day. Okay, so I will definitely give it a shot because I haven't yet. Right. Never, never experienced an episode. I know you have talked about it lots. I see lots of friends, right. lots of people that I know, quoting it, sharing it. I just kind of need to know for the memes. I think like I need to just be it's in the, there so that I understand the memes. So I will definitely. It, it is a language. Like it's such okay. a language that's so. And when I say that, it's like if you like if someone says a quote from old school or like a movie they love, a stepbrother's like, all right, you kind of like understand right. their stuff is so like it's another language. Like you don't know what people are talking about unless you know that language. It's like just you. like someone speak, you know, Portuguese and you're just like, dude, what are they saying? But it's the best show ever. Um, and it's and there's so many layers to it. Like off the bat, you're just like, oh, my God, it's funny. Like this kind of like guy quotable humor, but dude, there's so many like meta layers to the show that, and it's so quotable. Like it gets better. I'll tell you this. The first time people will fall in love with it, but the first time is the hardest watch. Like it only gets better. Okay. It's the weirdness kind of like, and the absurdness kind of like, you know, like, you know what you're getting and now you can concentrate on the more like intricate things of it. Like the small, like throwaway lines that are, just perfect like all the mundane stuff in it it's dude okay. it's mastermind shit. I'll, get, I'll get started it will become my taking an hour at lunch break that'll be what goes yeah. on for and it's you great. the episodes are 15 minutes long okay we can do this i great. can do this i will yeah. get into this it's the greatest start at season one i think if you go to netflix it'll start you at season three just because that's the latest season one 
classic to the best three. Once again, it gets better with watches. So three is the newest one. So it just hasn't, but there's a ton of memes already on it. Like it's already is culturally like doing well, but, um, but two's two's like unbelievable. You mentioned in there dapper scrappers. Yeah. Will, will it ever return? Will we ever get Joe Benavidez out on the road occasionally taking pictures of fighters? Cause I recall I took a picture of you years ago in Houston, uh, UFC 192, yourself and Brett Okamoto doing an interview. And when I showed you the picture after I posted it, you were like, bro, you didn't get my shoes in it. My shoes are my best part of the, of the wardrobe. They were leopard print slides, like leopard print vans, like great. So, so does it come, will it, will it come back? Will we get it again? Will it make an occasional return or has it been laid to rest? I've been thinking about it for a long time and I actually like also like I, I have like we're, we're good on time. Okay. Basically. Like we cool. can go to the hour. I don't know if I should say that live. I was going to yeah, that's fine. I was like, we're here. We we're here. Go, we, can go 20, we can go an hour. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at the time. We're awesome. good. Um, basically. So a lot of this isn't, wasn't like a lot by choice that like, Hey, I don't want to like do this anymore. Like when the pandemic happened, I had yep. like no access. hundred percent. I mean, like you already know from media and it's like, it was like a media thing. I'd go to, you know, media days, press conferences. I'd have to get credentialed a lot of the times. So it was like that kind of like put a halt to it. And that was hard. And then even say I was at the fight or I was cornering and I was like, oh, I'm going to make it like fighters are doing Zooms for media day. You know, right. like they're not like dressed up. Like I had no I, there was no content. Right. And then as it started to get up, it was like, all right, well, it's been resting for so long. I've done a little, like a few just revamping posts, like, which I'll take from someone else. Or I see some media, take some good pictures, which is another good way to use it. But it also just didn't feel like what I set out to do. Like I wanted to be the one doing it and taking it. So I'm like, I don't just want to take that. And like, I could still probably do that, but then it just became like, I'm not at every fight anymore. Like I have, you know, like when I was fighting, fighting was my life. So even if I wasn't fighting, I was just waiting to fight and train. So I would go on the road and do that. You know, now, you know, I have my own like real estate business and stuff I have to do and all that kind of stuff where it's just like, you know, I can't just take access to every show, right. take time to do that. And then on top of that, it's like, um, it's like I had a ton of like ideas to, um, I don't know, just to grow it, like from what it was, like, because well, it was a very organic, like I was taking pictures of my peers and outfits. It was great. And there was a lot of like little things and stuff I had ideas of that got kind of like, like it's never too late to do them. And I know that, but I have, you know, other things going on. For sure. And it's just kind of like I didn't, I couldn't spend all my time doing like a passionate thing that was at the end of the day, just like, you know, like cool for people. Listen, listen you- you're, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir here. Yeah. We are on my sub stack. That is the passion thing for me. Yeah. And it gets done after the stuff that pays the bills gets done. Exactly. So it makes complete sense. That's Fully what you understand. Is. That's, that's basically what it is. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the great thing about it was like, I, I liked it. It was fun. The fans liked it. And like, 
I wanted to give fighters like another layer, another level, another more human layer, because it's so hard for us to be individuals, you know? So it was all, you know, out of, um, you know, it sounds weird to say like not giving back, but just like helping out, you know, like build another layer, just like a media, like just, you, know, you want to know what we say is like, well, that's another conversation that we can have of just, that's an instant silent right. conversation of what are they, what's their character, all that. So, you know, but now it's cool too, because even like with the real estate stuff, like I'm helping fighters on a life level. That's what I did to retire. You know, that's what I invest my money in. You know, that's why I was allowed to walk away from, uh, from fighting is having real estate investments and, you know, rental income and all that. And now it's like, Oh, it means a little more helping them like in life and financially and like, Hey, that guy looks really cool, you know? So, so it all, it all balanced out who it is. And, you know, I still have an open schedule. I'm still semi-retired, you know, even though I do stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's never too late. All right. Well, talk me through a little bit of the, of the real estate thing. Cause as you said, it is something. And again, you and I know each other outside of your fighting career. So I've known that you have been invested in real estate and things like that because yeah. I worked with your wife and I've known the pair of you for a number of years now. It's scary how old we are getting <laughs> me ahead of you guys. Cause I'm always older than everybody I talk to today for me, but like, yeah. how did you turn something you were already doing for yourself personally into not necessarily a career because it's not the whole of what you're doing, but another outlet for you and something that you're now very much invested in and, and bringing to other people. Yeah. Um, that was honestly just, um, it was once again, just trying to bring value. I think, you know what I mean? Like trying to bring value to, you know, other people I cared about other people like me. Um, and not just fighters, all athletes, you know, that have like a window of time, but all people in general, you know, like this helps everybody. Um, obviously. So I have like a niche and a sphere, I guess, of MMA people, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's, it's like bringing value, um, to people and to families and everything. So, I mean, getting into it is just, I got into it really just learning along the way, you know, moving around training, you know, having my wife leave here, live here, you know, realizing, oh, well, we need a house here. You're paying here. Oh, my God, I'm going to be staying in this town for two months to train. Why would I be paying somebody else when I could just get a place and I rent it out like they're renting out to me when I'm gone? And then you just learn and you learn and you learn. So it was something I just found great success in and learned along the way. Once again, like that's another thing when I go to advise people, you know, I can show them the path, um, you know, that I use to walk away when I wanted, you know, not have to fight past my means and all that. Um, I also feel, um, yeah, so that was basically when I was sitting here and like, I talked about, you know, I cold turkey working out in step into a gym. My other passion, we'll get to it. We will. Save my life before that was pickleball. Like that's all I do now. I haven't stepped in an MMA gym in two and a half years. And for six months, I didn't do any working out, became totally unhealthy. And I realized like, I can't cold turkey working out. I did this for 20 years. I need to do something. Right. Pickleball got my like mental, physical stimulation, everything. So anyways, when you're sitting there after 20 years of, you know, being really good at something, it's very intimidating to think, to even start anything, 
because you're like, I'm not like, that was my life. Like, I'm not going to be as good at that. And if it is, it's going to take till I'm this old. I have to put all the, like, it's such like we were talking about, like, it's this, this big, like anxiety filled, like decision of like, I think about it every four days. (laughs) Yeah. Like just every four days, it comes across me of like, what happens if all of a sudden I get the call of we're not doing freelance anymore. Sorry. Go on yeah what where what do i do yeah where do i go next i think i have skills but thus far none of the people i've reached out to to be like hey would you like to employ me would you like to give me a full-time salary to allow me to do these things has ever been like yes we'd like we'd like to do that and we'd like to keep you around long term yeah i I understand exactly man and you know and that was the thing and it's like i knew i didn't want to go back like I retired for a reason. Like I didn't want to coach. And now I have that same journey with like other people, you know, right. for less money and for less, like everything, <laughs> like all the things I like now. I'm, right. Now, right. You know, and I don't want to, and I, I tried the Anna, the analyst thing um, on a few shows and it just felt like work. It was boring to me. I was like tired of talking about fighting, you know, I was tired of doing it. So I knew it wasn't something, but basically once again, you know, you're retired and you're like, damn, I was, one of the best ever at this. Like, how am I ever going to be that good at something else? And I looked at just things I was interested in. And what's funny about me, like we just talked about, I'm interested in a ton of things. Yeah. Loving shit isn't a job. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? I mean, more and more these days you can make it. It is. You know what I mean? Like, there's obviously a path to make the things. Yes. I shouldn't even say loving it because actually loving it is a job and it should start like that. Like, you should be something you should do something you're passionate about. But right. I guess like people would be like, well, he has a ton of interests. He'll be great. I was like, like being interested in something's not a job just because I can like, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, it's an important, it's, cl- it's, it's an important clarification to make for the current aspiring generations that look at influencers and yeah. people like that, that go, well, I love this thing and I'm going to have a career doing that. It doesn't yeah. just work that way. Yeah. Like it's I not just, about- random things for hours on end but like right. that's not a job of like you know right. of just talking about movies or a show or taylor swift or whatever you know so it's just like it's just it was just basically you know i'm here i'm like all right well what do i like that's like practical you know what i mean and it was like i looked at you know my real estate investments how you know well i was like you know, every time I worked with someone, they're like, oh, my God, like, this is so great. You know, um, you know, I'd work with agents that would ask me for advice on, you know, investing and where to go and what markets and all sorts of things. And, you know, how to do this with Airbnb and all sorts of things. I'd be like, well, I could just do that. And then <laughs> right. basically and then I saw the path of like that can also bring value to the people I want to bring value to that. I was trying to bring value to with this, with that and, you know, help them really um create a path to you know the freedom they need to retire and stuff like that so and at the same time like i said that's my niche but that is for anybody like you know i meet people at pickleball it's great now like when i say i'm semi-retired it's like i don't live like a realtor life like i'm not like hey like cold calling putting running running out dropping off flyers right i have personal relationships which are great i build personal relationships word of mouth from there but it's like to me it's like 
and I meet people, like I said, at my other obsession, which is pickleball. And I meet people that, you know, I bring it up in conversation, you know, just because it's what I do. It's kind of, I mean, it, it is what I do now, but even on the investment side. So it's like, when I looked at it also, it was like, this still also allows me the schedule, like for other interests. Like the thing about real estate is like, I can, it's, it's like anything else you get in what you put in, you know, but you right. also, you don't have a nine to five. Like right. I can work hard for a week and I can take off a week. You know, I can get someone under contract, you know, you know, do a few little talks for a month, you know, with, I, I'm not doing anything, you know? So it gives me a schedule also like, Oh, if I want to go redo dapper scrappers or I have this, you know, idea to do this, like I can do that while I still do this while still actually building at my own pace to make it like a career, which it is now, like I'm having a great first year in it, you know? Um, I think being like, you know, just being the person I was throughout my career and, you know, knowing, you know, people can trust me and being a pioneer um, of sorts, you know, will allow people like basically like if someone was like, I don't know, it's, it just it, it worked out good. Like when I asked someone, they, they might trust me more than they trust like a, another random retired fighter just going, hey, man, you want to do this? Right. You know, it's a little different. So, right. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing. And like, and, you know, once again, and, but it all comes like anything else with doing the work and being educated in it and having the experience in it as well. You can't just go into something and pretend you do it without having the experience. If I want to talk to people, you know, about buying their first home and building on that investing, like I also want to have walked that path. So yeah, that's it, man. And still allows me, like I said, a great schedule. And when I'm talk thinking about the things I talked about with the weight class of, you know, I want people to be able to have this, this life, this career, diaper scrappers. I want them to have, you know, more people to see them in an individual light. Well, when I'm doing this, it's even more valuable because, you know, I'm building, I'm building for them, you know, well, for them going forward. Sense for the future and, you know, injuries can come up, you know, careers can be cut short, you know, you never know how you're going to feel in the next year and, you know, to have something to walk away with uh, and, and be, happy and safe and fulfilled is, um, is important to me too. So I'm doing that. But at the same time, like, basically it's like, if I meet someone that is a peer or knows me as a fighter, I want them to be like, Oh my God, he was really an amazing, you know, he was incredible realtor. And if a person meets me as a realtor, I want them to be surprised at like, what the heck that guy used to beat people up. You right. know what I mean? Yep. So it's Makes kind sense. of like, it's kind of a cool thing when I meet people that don't know. I just try to be really good at my job. Right. And when I meet people that do know, I just try to be really good at my job. So makes sense. It's a pretty good philosophy. Just be good at your job. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Pretty straightforward. If more yeah. people did it, we would be in better places yeah. overall in in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's a cool thing because they'll be like, "What the heck?" And they'll be they'll be surprised, you know, that like, "Oh, well, like you really know how to do this," but then you know, someone that just really thinks I know how to do it are surprised. Like what the heck? Like you used to right. fight people. You're, you're too nice or whatever, you know? So it's, it's, it, it's a good time. And like I said, it was just, it was a natural progression for lifestyle scheduling, um, the sphere and everything and the experience right. I had in, in life. So. All right. So we've, we've touched on it. It's been mentioned several times over. It was mentioned even when you were in passing in the background, 
when Megan was on the program, you were heading out the door to go to pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> so you said it saved your life. You said it. Did. It. it did. Let, let's, let's start there. How did pickleball save your life? And you know what? It's like, like, it sounds like, what, what's the word? Like hyperbole or whatever. I don't even know if I'm using that right, yep. but I want to get you that are. Word. I wanted to get that word out. You right are. But anyway, it's like to just say like, oh, that saved my life. But like, dude, it got everything moving for me. Like it got everything moving. Like, you know, like you need to be active to feel good. You need what we talked about, the camaraderie and the people, you know, the support. Like I was a shut in, man. Like, like I am glad I came out like on the other side of retirement feeling good. I'm glad I even walked away from the sport in one piece, you know, with, you know, basically able to walk away. But like retirement was not easy, man. It was, it was hard. And I realized like, even if people, let's say, you know, we were talking about people, oh, well, they need to fight because maybe they didn't save the money and they need to fight for money. Well, let's say people even did have, you know, like, oh, I'm fine with money. Like, there comes a point where it's just like, I understand, like, they might not need to do it for money. They might need to do it because that's all they know. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm sure a lot of these people that we're talking about, like, they weren't fine for money. They were probably fine, but they don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? And well, I and there's just that, that competitive piece inside. Like, Tony Ferguson fought this past week, and we're recording yeah. on, on your birthday, July 31st. Yeah. Fought at UFC 291. And, and for me, watching Tony having covered his entire career, it was hard to watch because that looks like a guy that just, as you kind of just said, doesn't really know what else to do. There's yeah. still some positive moments. And DC said during the broadcast, he still wants to be in there. You can see that he still wants to be in there. And that's a hundred percent true. He wasn't a guy that was not engaging, but want to and ability to mm-hmm. at that level are two different things. And, and for me, that's where I start to get, nervous and scared for people because that's when something not necessarily tragic happens yeah but unfortunate happens right he's got two young sons and and a family and a life waiting for him outside of this whenever that comes yeah and it's there's like something that can happen that's like really unfortunate but the path to getting to that unfortunate is like unfortunate too you know by the time you actually get hurt it's like Right, you had to take all that right. damage or anything anyway, and like that's all long term. You know, like it's like nothing might not happen right now, but like that's not the best thing for your future. Right. But, and like, look, Tony's probably fine, and he probably loves it. And you know, there's other fighters I've seen that you know probably love it and might be fine. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know their situation. But what I'm saying is how I said earlier, like, oh, you know, you know. I wanted to make sure I didn't have to fight again for money and I didn't right. have to, but I can see why people fight. Even if they had money, it's like, what the hell else do I do? This is like, this is me. This is my life. This is my calling, you know? And, you know, I'm grateful. I always tried to like fighting was always to me, like something I did. It wasn't like who I was. Right. Right. So, but man, even with that being said, it was hard, man, like to figure out something else to do that's not fighting. And I'm like, man, if I'm an expert at anything, it's fighting. Like I should coach. Oh, dude, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, I should be an analyst. That's so boring. 
So it was really hard just to find that. And then that intimidating factor of, well, how am I going to like, you want to be good at something. And it's like, I feel like I'm never going to be as good at that as I am fighting. Like how I'm one of the best ever. I'm a pioneer. I did this. I accomplished all this. How am I going to be that good at something else? Like that was my calling in life. So it was really hard, but basically, okay. So pickleball, it's like, I retire. I uh, was looking forward to retiring. Like I was like, I can't wait to waste time, watch movies, watch <laughs> shows, pet my dog, listen to albums, just sit out there. I am a master at wasting time. Like I can waste so much time. It's unbelievable. Um, and that was really good for like the two months that I was like, oh, I deserve this. I, right. It was great. <laughs> and my, and even Megan was like, dude, like chill, like, yeah relax like it's great you just put in 15 years take some time for yourself you can take two months yeah but when you got to the point of like i don't want to do this anymore right that's when it kind of got hard is like you know like i'm used to feeling value and you know i'm used to feeling you know accomplished and stuff like that and it you know that was something we craved i'm used to the camaraderie the you know the friendship the even well, working towards the goal, right? Working towards a goal. And like that mental stimulation we need, it's like, all right, so I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to grapple. I didn't want to do anything. I thought maybe I'd want to do some jujitsu super fights, you know, jujitsu versus jujitsu, you know, take some black belts out, you know, and show MMA grappling. But, you know, it just was like, that's the last thing I want to do is go get headlocked right now. You know, right? I would try to run and bike and I'm like, all right, I fought people for 15 years. When I used to bike, it was a nice um reprieve right it was like oh, right this is great i'm not getting like punched but i'm getting this workout in but when you're doing it as like your main work and i'm like this isn't fun at all like <laughs> you know what i mean like i just used to fight people now i right ride this bike or run or right. whatever you know um so basically <laughs> you know i was i cold turkey working out bro i was unhealthy like and when i say save my life like that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I was actually like really unhealthy, like blood work wise, like all the stuff that goes with eating bad, being unhealthy, cholesterol, like all stuff like that, because it's like, I worked out for 20 years straight <laughs> right. and now I'm not. And, but at the same time, I'm eating whatever I want. Cause I didn't get to do that for the other 15 years. Right. Right. So all of a sudden I'm super unhealthy and I'm like, they tell me like, Oh, like work out or you're going to have a heart attack. But like, I couldn't make myself run. I couldn't make myself bike. I couldn't make myself go to the gym. Um, dude, Megan bought these paddles and she's like, everyone's doing this pickleball thing. Like there's a park <laughs> over here. I was like, that sounds so dumb. Like I hate the name. Like it's called pickleball. Like So that. I think the name is part of the thing for me too. Cause yeah. I see you got, I see people posted about it. Right. And shout out to Danny Rube who posts 50 times a day about He's pickleball. Really He's, He's really, really good. I'm playing with Rube today. God damn it. Me and, I, Rube, me, me and Rube are me like he's he's like my pickle like that's you guys you guys are the white men can't jump of pickleball. Is this what play, you're telling me? You play every day going hustle fools. Cody Stamen um plays with me a lot. That's who I'm also playing with today. Um nice. but then also just all walks of life. Like some of my best friends at pickleball are just like spinal surgeon in Las Vegas. Um you know, teacher at one of the high schools. Like, it's just so funny. I go to their house for fights and they know me as a fighter, but like, we're just hanging out as friends because nice. all my friends are just now old, like retired people. But basically it's like, when I say it saved my life, yes, like health wise, I was in a bad place. 
And like, I just, when you get those blood work and stuff results back, they're like, you just need to move, like walk, right. go outside. Being outside is so good for your, men, for your, you know, mental health, being outside, being in the sun. Oh, then you add in exercising, you feel even better. Then you add in camaraderie and people and networking and commuting, you feel even better. I was a shut in dude. I didn't want to be around anyone. Like I'm actually barely getting good at like being back around MMA things. Like when I went to the hall of fame thing, I was like, I don't like even go around. Like I haven't been into a gym to like even go say hi to anybody, you know? Um, so, but it's like at the same point, like we need that. And I miss that. And I got that when I went there, like, Oh my God, like I'm um, socializing, like, Locking yourself in and not socializing isn't good. Like I was a shut in dude. Like if you didn't want to see me, they came to my house. And I, if not, I was just like here alone, wouldn't leave the house, wouldn't do anything, wouldn't work out. And that just got me out there. It got me flowing. And like, like I said, health wise, mental health wise, actual health wise, socialize wise. And that's when I actually like, I knew I wanted to get my real estate license, but I also couldn't get moving. That got me moving to the point of like, you know, when you start moving, you, you keep moving. Objects in motion. Like, you have a, when you have a list of things to do, you keep doing them. When you have nothing to do, you do nothing. When you have one thing to do, you do the one thing. So it was just this transformation of like, oh, now I'm out. I'm back to myself. Like I'm talking to people. I'm being happy. I'm like doing this. Oh, I can do this. This is what this would do. You know, so then – that all, like I said, like transformed my health. I lost like 18 pounds, dude, right away. Um, got all my numbers like back to the, what they needed to do. They're like, well, what did you do? Like you started working out and running again. I was like, I just played pickleball like every day. Um, and then once again, like the socialization thing, like we talked about the most valuable thing I was grateful for was like people, you know, being there, be, like meeting all the people I did in my sport. It was like, I didn't do that for like six months. I didn't have, you know, right. anyone besides my wife. And now I was like meeting new people, which was fun and interesting. And like, it's funny, man. So anyway, Megan got me the paddles. We started playing and I was like, this is so fun. And I started calling all the people that I know to play, you know, so I got Cody and then I heard Rube play and I got some guys from the PI that are like strength coaches. We started playing. And then I was basically like, this is the easiest sport ever. <laughs> I'm just going to go pro in this and be a professional athlete again. Okay. You know, much easier sport. I was like, this is the easiest thing ever. I'm a professional athlete for 20 years. I'll kill everyone at this sport. It's great. And then I went and actually played with people that could play, which the people that can play are like 60-year-old, like, Filipino ladies. And they just <laughs> beat the shit out of me. And that's when I got hooked, though. Because right. I was just like, it reminded me of jujitsu. It's like, this isn't about being physical right hard and they kept just telling me like you don't have to go so hard it's okay and i was just trying to hit the bottom and nothing would work i couldn't do anything and i was like there's so much more to the sport so we were talking earlier about like value and like you know finding the sport and finding your purpose and it's like it's all about that you know the individual part of it but it's all about also like that mental stimulation and feeling your growth and feeling your you know everything and that's how the sport is it was like very like you can like I got the mental stimulation. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm running fast. I lifted something heavy. Like it's like there's small little intricacies about it, you know, much like a jujitsu or something. Right. And it's, like, it's one of those 
sports that has like such a learning curve that it's like you can feel yourself improving like right. drastically, but you can also be addicted because you can feel pretty good in like a week. Like if okay. you just like if you can just hit it, like you're just like, this is easy. Okay. And then you like lay on all the other little levels. Right. Like the next. So basically that's so, my journey. And so I would like, I would golf. liken it to golf. So for me, I would liken it to golf. I can go out and I can smack a ball around a course and play with my play with my brother-in-law, play with some friends, have a good time. The more I play, the better I get. The more frequently I go to the range, the better equipment I get, the more I can start shaving some of those numbers down and yeah. the eights become sixes mm -hmm. and the sixes become fours. And when it used to be a, oh my God, I got a par this round. Now there's a couple... So it's sort of like that, right? It's the, it's yeah. the like, it's starting to get better. Yeah. I want to get fancy paddles. And yeah. Oh, oh, dude. I always say that. most, most expensive paddle wins. Like that's <laughs> it. Like anytime you don't have a good day, I think I need a new paddle. So I guess not it. Like, you know now, I mean? now is sure there a specific uniform? Like, clubs. Excuse me. Are you rocking a specific uniform? Like, are there, yeah. you know, Nah, only just, a certain length of shorts sleeve no sleeve shirt or are we just like whatever well, you we know, roll I gotta out show in. my thighs thighs for the guy <laughs> but um uh you are nah, the just, you are the beefcake yeah no i just wear my regular workout right. clothes my lululemon you know above the knee shorts um well it's hot now so we'll take our shirt off if like you know if it's right if there's like not too many right family members and stuff there but yeah, man, you just go out, you have a good time. And like every day is a good day. Like you go out and you just play with your friends. Just like I used to go to the gym and go, isn't this great? Like what a good day. Even though we beat the hell out of each other, like what a time. Like I'll come home and I'll just be like, Megan will be like, did you have a good day? I'll be like, oh, it was the best day. We had so much fun. And I'm like, I think I lost every game. Right. But like I just had the best time hanging out, being social, being healthy, you know, it's even just a great place to like network. Like I've gotten just, you know, real estate clients out there, just talking to them and letting them know what I do. And, you know, being, you know, who I am, like I'm the mayor of the of Oakleaf Park, it's called. Call me the mayor of Oakleaf. So I just greet everyone as they get there, talk to them. And uh, it's a good time, man. Yeah. You mentioned the like, yeah, it was a great time. And, and I think I lost every, every time. Yeah. yeah. I remember listening back and, and watching you sat down with Brendan Fitzgerald before I think the first fight with Figueredo. And there was a piece in there where you said something along the lines of like, yeah, it could always be worse was sort of the, the guiding yeah. ethos for you. It reminded yeah. me Ryan Loco. Every time I talked to Loco essentially says, well, we woke up this morning, so it's a good day, right? Like we're yeah. above ground. We're good. And it's a mindset that not a lot of people have. And yeah. I want to yes. end on that piece of it's a good one. explain yeah. that to people, because I think it's a thing that, for myself, I know I need to remember more and more each day and every day rather than fixating on the stuff that isn't going well, fixate on the stuff that could be going worse and the stuff then that is going good. So share I mean, that, that, that little nugget exactly with everybody. It. That's exactly it in general is, you know, thinking of the good things and the blessings and, and, um, and not, you know, catastrophizing the bad things. And it's like, I just heard so many like, you know, the normal thing is like if you're even if you're middle of the line, like I've been better. Like right. so many people just say that, you know what I mean? Right. 
right. and like even if they're like having like a normal day right. like well, of course you've been better but it was less like my my thing was just like i always remember like i i said that once i was like i've been worse you know and it's just right. like when someone wants to say like how you feeling i've been worse and it's just like you know what i mean and i just always try to keep that perspective of like right you know like i look back even one year like you know, I was like 15 years sober or something. And I was just like, you know, I'm just like, it's a normal day, but like, I'm really glad I'm not like where I was 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's just like that of like looking at, you know, I mean, once again, it's easier to said than done for anyone and everyone, no matter how much they preach or say it, you know, they probably preach or say it because they need to practice it. You know, and I do the same thing. It's like, it's hard to be, oh, I've been better. It's not to look at this, but, you know, and that's those, these, we are the people that need to, you know, practice it the most of saying, you know, Hey, I've been, I've been worse, you know what I mean? And that's just kind of, um, just kind of an outlook I have to look at in life is like, no matter how things are going, like I've been worse. I can remember a worse time. You know I mean? can always remember a better time you can always make up a better story right. you can always create that moment that was but like better. you know what there you've always been worse than than you are so i think it's just a nice you know greeting when people say if so every time i say that or if i hear someone say it, be like but you've been worse oh yeah i was like well why don't you say that you know it's it's a better outlook to have in life is like you know things could could be worse yeah i'm a hundred percent stealing and adopting that going forward yeah we'll pay all attribution forward no, to the no. great joseph benavidez that's just what it is man my guy happy birthday oh man thank you thank you for doing this tell it's... people where they can follow you where they can pay attention to what's going on in your life where they can see pickleball shots where they can see travel <laughs> exploits yeah anything going on in your life yeah, man. Um, well, like we mentioned earlier, I'm not very active on social media, even though I want to be more active. And I always tell myself, like, I'll post one time and be like, I'm going to keep doing this every three days. <laughs> and then like three months goes, I'm like, damn it, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, but um, but I really, as far as social media, I just use jujitsu. Um, that's my only really um, social media account. That's Instagram. Uh, I just use that. Like all my real estate stuff is there as well. So you can reach out to DM on me for that and that um, part of the business and life. And I will try to get better, but uh, like at posting and keeping people updated, like I actually do want to make more like pickleball content and stuff because that's what I'm doing now. Right. Right. And I want to make more real estate content because that's what I'm doing. But every time I go there, I'm just doing it and I'm not. Right. I'm like, which well, is, which is a good well, message too. Which is, is a really good message too. Just do it. Don't yeah. contentize everything. Yeah, but you do the like, damn thing. We used to go into the gym and just be like, "Yeah, me, Chad Mendez. You know, for favorite day, I need to be like me. You know, Wendy, John. You know, <laughs> uh, Eugene. You know, right. all my guys. You know what I mean? And like what they do. So I do want to like kind of do that anymore. Not necessarily just to be content. Just like. How I've always done is like people of pickleball type thing, you know, right. like these are, these are the people lift, that play lift up and showcase the people Little that do thing, it. showcase kind of things like that. So, you know, um, so I do want to do more of that. Um, like when I'm doing the real estate, it's just, I still, I still want to show more than that, but I also like to be discreet on that end. Well, as far as clients and stuff and the properties right. and stuff go, 
But, you know, it's like I can like I've gone out and just at least let people know. And that's mainly even once again, it's just, you know, just the way the way to do it is like let people know you're doing it. Let them not forget about you. So I'm out there like I'm always going to try to do better on that. But I am really good at messaging back to DMs and stuff. So, you know, I'll uh, I'll be looking forward to the faces of pickleball at Oakleaf Park. courtesy of the mayor seeing the little filipino lolos that are kicking your ass the other place to find them guys go to ufc fight pass search that name watch the career one of the best to do it i appreciate you doing this my brother it has been fights too it has been amazing yeah it was that was was so fun man i appreciate it i'm glad we got to do it me too for joseph i am spencer we'll see you again spencer thanks brother